Well, good morning, Mid-Cities. Happy Easter. We're so glad that you're here today uh, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Amen. Welcome to those joining us online, our Neely campus. We love you guys. And um, maybe you're here uh, and part of Mid-Cities family. Maybe you're family members of Mid-Cities. Uh, we're glad that you're here with us today. Or maybe you just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to Easter Church somewhere. Why not there? We're glad no matter what reason you're here, that you're here worshiping Jesus with us. Um, and I think what I want to spend a few moments on is just exploring the idea of why the resurrection matters. What does it mean? Um, we've, we've talked a little bit macro. You just saw a video about what it means on a, on a bigger scale. But why do we do all this? Why, why do we have these songs and we dress up and we come here and we, we, we take communion? We have all these moments. Like, what is this all about? And, and I'm going to propose to you, it's because the resurrection means something. And we've talked on a macro sense what it means. Uh, there's, the, you cannot talk about human history without Jesus. You can't talk about our calendar even without references to his life, death, and resurrection. The, 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 the stories of, of Jesus and his life um, are permeate all of society and all of culture. And so here we have this idea that, um, that on a macro sense, the resurrection means something but what does it mean to you and me? And that's what I want to talk a little bit about today in the moments we have together. On a micro sense, what does the resurrection mean to me? What does it mean to you? And what should it mean to all of us? And so I want to, if you have your Bible, you can turn it to Matthew 28. We're going to look at a passage where that's very familiar to some of you, where Jesus, before he ascends into heaven, he has resurrected from the grave um, and he's appeared to over 500 eyewitnesses. Some of them are going to write accounts about it that we'll read about. And he appears to them, and, and then he has a moment before he ascends into heaven that he gives his disciples one last word. And there in that one last word, I'm going to, I'm going to propose to you today that we find three meanings for the resurrection, the resurrected Jesus. So let me dive into those just from the very get-go. The first one that I want to talk about is the resurrection means that we have victory and we have authority in Jesus as followers of him. The second one I want to talk about is that we have a new purpose because of the resurrection. And finally, the resurrection means that you and I are never alone. That's what the resurrection means. So let's look at this together. The first is we have victory and authority because of the resurrection. Matthew 28, 18 says this, and Jesus came to them and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, so go. So he tells them to go, which we'll get to in a minute. But before that, he says, I've got all authority. All authority has been given to me. And he delegates this authority to his followers. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he, he, he delegates that authority. So it would bring about a question, why do we need authority? Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, we don't only have authority, but we have victory. He says this, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So now we have victory and we have authority because of Jesus, but why do we need that? Let me answer that question. We have victory because of Jesus, because of the resurrection over sin. And we have authority over evil. 
This is something that we desperately need because in humanity's story, as we know from Genesis 1, 2, and 3, humanity was created in the likeness and the image of God and created to partner with God. And yet sin came. Sin came and disrupted that partnership. Sin came and brought death and destruction as sin does. Sin is declaring that you get to decide what is good and what is right and wrong instead of God. And we see that this plays out in all of humanity as it spirals downward. And people are, humanity is enslaved to sin. They're enslaved to sin and there is no victory in sin. There is no, there's no giving your way out of it. You can't try to be good enough because it touches everybody. If you woke up in the morning and tried not to sin, it would last maybe five minutes, 10 minutes. And the reason is because you would have to interact with other people at some point. Oh, yeah, I knew they're the problem, not me, right? They're the ones that are sinners. But they're, the truth of the matter is the Bible says we've all sinned and there's no victory over sin. But because of the resurrection, Jesus conquered sin so you and I might have victory over sin. Meaning we don't have to be enslaved to sin anymore. This is good news. It doesn't mean you're not tempted. It doesn't mean you don't even fall or have sin occasionally. What it means is sin isn't your tyrant. Sin isn't your ruler anymore. You're not a slave to it. You are free, free in Christ, free to do what is good, not by what you think is good, but what God says is good. We are free because of the resurrection. We have victory over sin. Sin has no authority over us anymore, but we also get authority. Authority over evil, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. This is important because how many of you know there's a lot of evil out there in the world? Have you noticed if you look through your news feed, how many, there's war, there's famine, there's, uh, there's genocide, you find homicides, you find any crazy amount of evil that's going on in the world is happening today. Man, it would be natural just to be fearful. What if that comes to me? What if that happens to me? What, like, but But here's what happened. On the cross, Jesus defeated the evil one. He crushed the serpent that tempted Eve in the the garden many, many years before. And he is the one who is victorious. And those who follow Jesus, who put their faith in him, not only get victory over sin, but they have authority over evil. Meaning evil and fear and anxiety, and these things don't have control over you any longer. They don't have a right to you because Jesus already conquered it. Isn't that good news? Just recently, my, my kids started, um, my oldest two started, they discovered, they rediscovered the show Lost. Do you remember that show? In the first episode, Jack, you remember this guy? Jack is telling his story. He's a, he's a surgeon and he's telling the story about a surgery he was engaged in when he was young and how he had someone opened up on their table and their spine and he was telling the story how he made a mistake. He was almost done and he made a mistake. And all these nerves from the spine just began to spill out. And he was flooded with fear. And he said to himself on the, in the operating table, in the operating room, he said, I was going to give fear five seconds. And then it had to go. So he started to count as he retold the story to Kate. One, two, three, four. Five. And he says the fear left and he sewed up the person on his table and he wiped his tears. So that's how I deal with fear. Well, I don't know if you have something similar, but let me just tell you, outside of Jesus, Jack's solution won't work for you. 
It won't work. I'm telling you, you can have fear, you can have anxiety, and you can tell it to go all you want. But as long as you've given it a foothold in your life, it will stay. But Jesus comes and says, you no longer have to be afraid. You no longer have to bow to fear because there's authority in the name of Jesus. And there's victory over sin in Jesus. Because of the resurrection, as followers of Jesus, we have victory and we have authority. Isn't that good news? You don't have to be enslaved to sin anymore. Not only that, because of the resurrection, we are set on a new purpose. Look at Matthew 28, verse 19. Jesus tells his disciples, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. In a moment, he sends them on a mission and he gives them a brand new purpose. See, when God created humanity in the garden, we had a purpose. Our purpose was to honor God. It was to partner with him. It was to work within his good creation and create with him. This was our job. But then sin comes and as a tyrant and as a slave owner that sin is, he takes a hold of us and takes us down a different path, makes us believe that we are our own are our own masters. And we get to decide what's good and what is right and all of these things. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a place where we are enslaved to sin and we're doing our own things. And the purpose for our life that we develop comes out of this sin instead of out of God's original design. So we come up with purposes. My purpose is my kids. My purpose is when those don't go well, my grandkids. My purpose is my business. If that doesn't go well, my purpose is my next business. My purpose is my family. But if that's not going well, it's my friends. And if that isn't going well, it's something else. So a nonprofit I want to start. Uh, My purpose is making as much money as I can and stacking it up high. My purpose is all of these things, right? Rick Warren's number one best-selling book, one of the best-selling books in all of history is Purpose Driven Life. And the reason it's a number one bestseller is because of the word purpose. Everybody's looking for it. I remember reading a biography of the creator of Pixar. Um, he, um, he had a dream to, to, to create the first animated, computer animated feature film. And he spent his whole life trying to build this film, this this design, this dream that he had in his heart. This was his purpose. It's why he woke up in the morning. It's why he went to work. It's why he did everything. And the the weekend that Toy Story hit the box office, critics raved about it. Everyone said, this is the most amazing movie ever created. It's a computer animated film. Man, every, not just kids, adults loved it. It was a box office smash. Money was being made hand over fist. As he writes, this was one of the worst weekends of his entire life. Why? Because he had discovered that his entire purpose for living, he had achieved. And what was he going to do with the rest of his life? He found himself with this box office success purposeless. Maybe you found that too. You got there. If I can only marry that hot dude, he's so hot. And if I get him to say yes, all my dreams are going to come true. But some of you that's been down that road go, oh, girl, man, no. 
And then it's because, well, if I just get kids, I've been praying for kids, I need kids, my kids will be fine. And then you get kids, you're like, ah, it's all right. <laughs> right? You, you think, man, if I get that job, if I get that promotion, everything's going to be fine. That must be my purpose. And you get there and you don't feel, feel fulfilled in all of this, right? You, you don't get this. And all of a sudden, see, we're chasing, we're creating purposes that we're chasing for. But Jesus, because of the resurrection, he puts us on mission. And all of a sudden, fishermen become preachers and uh, accountants become evangelists and stay-at-home moms become disciple makers and organizers. And all of a sudden, everybody is just engaged in the work of Jesus and here's what Jesus says you don't have to be enslaved to your sin anymore you have authority over the evil one you don't have to walk in fear this is the beautiful reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ and he puts everyone say everyone everybody on mission not just the preachers what does that mean? What it means is that when you go into your workplace, when you go into your team, when you go into your family, when you go into your friend group, you have a mission and a purpose. And it's to bring the light and the love of Christ wherever you go. You don't have to become a preacher. Praise God, some of you were saying. But you have to be a light no matter where you go and declare the goodness of God. He puts us on mission and, and he restores the mission that God created us for, to partner with him in his good creation. And now we're saying, okay, God, whatever you want, we're in it. Because here's the deal, is when you were set free from sin and death, when you were given authority, you weren't free to do whatever you want. You were free to do what was good. And now, not enslaved by sin anymore, you can do what is right and what is good by what God defines, not the way you define it. Does that make sense? So this is what the resurrection means. It means that we have victory. It means we have authority as followers of Jesus. It also means that we are set on a new purpose. And finally, it means that we are never alone. He promises this in the end of this, the very end of this saying, right before he ascends into heaven, it's the last thing he says on the earth. Jesus, he says, and behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus promises he'll never be alone. You'll never be alone. You know, when God saved me years ago, two significant things happened. Number one is God set me in a spiritual family. The familial language in the Bible is actually unbelievable. It's all throughout. Um, when in Matthew 28, which we, a scripture we already heard about the resurrection, Jesus tells the women that see him for the first time, the very first witnesses of the resurrection, he tells them, go tell my brothers. He refers to them as brothers. The writer of Hebrews refers to Jesus as our older brother. Matter of fact, when Paul is talking to the Corinthian church and teaching young men and young women how to relate with one another and not watch, walk in sexual sin, he says, women, treat the young men as your brothers with honor and respect. And likewise, young men treat the ladies as sisters. This is the way we're supposed to think about one another and honor one another and respect one another and care for one another. When Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray, he says, our, what's the second word? Father. We have a new father. So here's, what, here's what's amazing. No matter how awesome or awful your family situation is, 
God sets us into a spiritual family. Now, some of you are going, man, that's a little weird. Is that a cult? I don't know. I don't think so. Like if you start calling each other brother, sister, like brother Daniel, like, don't do that, please. It's weird. But here's what I want to say. I want to say I should have the same affection for you as I do my brothers and sisters because we're in the family of God together. And I relate to God as my father, a perfect father that never messes up, the perfect parent. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've been had a challenges in that area. But let me just tell you, God is faithful and he will never, ever harm you. And here's what's great about it is when you are walking through life and the difficulties of life and you look around how you got through, nine times out of 10, it's because God put people in your life to walk with you through those dark times. He brought people to hold you, he, to text you, to say, hey, I'm gonna walk with you. I'm praying for you. Even when it was hard, even when you disagreed, they still loved you. God puts us in spiritual family. That when, when he promises we'll never be alone, he isn't just talking about himself. He's talking about you and me around one another. Because this isn't some individual race. We're in this together, running the race that God set before us. Amen? So, so because of the resurrection, I'm not alone. I get to run this race with others that are putting their faith in Jesus, that are running together, recipients of God's grace that we don't deserve. But not only has he set me in spiritual family, he promises me he will never leave me. And when I think about all the dark moments in my own soul, my own life, I can just tell you, Jesus has been there every single time. He's always been there for me. Even when it feels like nobody else is, Jesus is there. He says he'll never leave me or forsake me. As a matter of fact, Jesus, before he ascends into heaven, he tells his disciples, I gotta go. Because if I go, I'm gonna send you my spirit, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, to dwell in you and be in you. And wherever you go, my spirit's gonna be with you wherever you go. Isn't that incredible? You can't get closer than in. And he makes his temple in you. Now, I, full disclosure, that isn't always exciting. So, because it is when we're thinking about downtimes, but I'm not, I'm not talking about just downtimes. I'm talking about like he's always with you. So, you might ask, is he with me at work and hear what I says to the guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he hears what you're saying to the dudes. Um, is he with me at the club? <laughs> Kayla's not here so I can reveal my dance moves. Yeah, he's with you there. Sometimes he's with you when you don't want him to be with you. Right? Hey, Jesus, why don't you just hang out over there? I kind of want to be alone. I kind of want to rebel. I want to decide what's good here. I want to do my own thing. And I don't want you really crowding over me. But you know what Jesus does? He's like, hey, what's up? I'm here. Come on, I'm here. I'm with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And he's comforting you, but he's also challenging you, calling you to your purpose, calling you what God has for you, saying, this isn't what you were designed for. This isn't what you were created for. So he brings the conviction of the Holy Spirit in our lives to, to put us on a path in the right way. This is the beauty that he'll never leave you or forsake you. Isn't just about comfort. It's also about direction. And this is what Jesus does because of the resurrection. The resurrection means that we have victory over sin, that we have authority over the evil one, that we're set on a new purpose, but it also means we will never be alone. Isn't that good news today, church? 
This is why we do all of this. It's why we take communion. It's why we sing these songs. It's, it's why we're dressed up and come in a moment like this. Why, why do we do this? We do this because, because the resurrection changes everything. It changes everything. It's changed me. It'll change you. Jesus, Jesus doesn't want you enslaved to sin. He doesn't want you to be cowering from the evil that's around. He, he doesn't want you to be alone. He, he made a way where none of that has to be. And this Easter, as we were praying about it, I just sensed from the Lord that um, we needed that reminder. There's many of us that just need that reminder. We need to be reminded that we're not enslaved to sin. You have the, the victory over sin, and it's time to start walking in that victory. It doesn't control you anymore. It, we're reminded that we, you need to be reminded, some of you, that, that evil and fear and all those things, you have authority in the name of Jesus over that. It doesn't have authority over you. Some of us need to be reminded of our purpose because, man, somewhere along the way, we thought it was about all this other stuff. We got, we got involved in a whole bunch of stuff that we're like, I don't, I'm living my entire life for this. Is this really my purpose? Maybe it is, but maybe you find what is God's purpose in what you're doing and where you're at. Some of us need to be reminded that we're not alone. And if the truth be told, we hear on this Easter, you're surrounded by a bunch of folks on Easter, but you feel completely alone. And you need to know Jesus will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll be with you always. Isn't that good news? Some of us need to be reminded of that. Some of you are here today and you have never experienced that resurrection power, that what I'm describing, this victory over sin, the authority over evil, uh, the, 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 meeting of the needs, no longer lonely and putting on a mission. Like you said, you say, Daniel, I want that. I want that life. I want that resurrection power. I want the resurrection to mean that for me. It's never meant that, but what you're describing, I want that. Here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you to do something super bold at the end of this service. I'm gonna ask you to stand up and come up front and meet one of these men and women that are gonna be standing here. And I want you to say this. I want you to say, I want that. I want that. I want that victory. I want that authority. I'd never want to be alone. I want to be put on a new mission. I want that. I've never had that, and I want that. And these men and women are going to pray with you, and they're going to show you what faith in Jesus looks like and what the Bible says about how you and I can experience this resurrection power of Jesus in our own lives. And you go, yeah, but Daniel, it's Easter, and we've got some food. we got to go eat. Like, like, and I just want to say, man, there's, there's three meals a day. There's always food to eat. Trust me, I know. But I might just tell your guys, tell the people you're with, say, man, I'm gonna go up there and pray. You guys don't leave me. And you know what? There's like photo booths and donuts and things for them to do while you're chilling up here. And if they leave you, it's cool. We'll like get you an Uber or we'll take care of you, whatever. We'll get you where you need to go. But I'm pretty sure the people that you're with love you enough to let you have some space to come up and pray with somebody. If that's you, don't leave this Easter without taking a moment to say, I want that. And these guys will explain it more fully, what a life surrendered to Jesus looks like. What does it mean to put your faith in Jesus Christ and surrender to him?
And they're going to explain that out today. And for the rest of us, we need to be reminded. We have authority and victory. We're not alone. We're set on a new purpose. Amen? God, we love you. Thank you that you're reminding us of these things today, that you're stirring this up in us. Thank you, God. And Lord, we ask you to come in your power and meet us here in this moment. We surrender to you. And we honor you. In the name of Jesus, everybody said,